Hey, we're going to get into the Word. I've got just a few minutes here tonight to uh, share what I believe God's put on my heart for tonight. We've been talking through the classics, some of the old classic stories in the Bible. And uh, last week, Pastor Kyle was up here and he talked about the story of, let's see, I'm no, Jonah and the well. And Weston did such a fine job of summarizing that story. I thought I might have Weston come up here and summarize my story. Yeah, I'm going to give you a pass on that. But I'm going to... Okay, it was a big fish. Yes, it was a big fish. Uh, the week before that, Pastor Kelly, I mean, he went old school with the flannel graph. Come on, and the three Hebrew children. That was pretty epic. Uh, I, I don't ha- I'm not going to have anybody come up and summarize the story or no flannel graph or anything like that. But this story, I think you're going you're gonna to understand this. Uh, we're going to look at a, the life of Noah just for a moment, the story of Noah. And uh, the fact is, there are lessons from this story that apply to our lives today. In fact, if you go back to the Word of God, that's one of the beautiful things about the Word of God. The Word of God speaks to us today for where we are and what we're going through right here and right now. Now, what I think is interesting is when we think through this story, you know, the uh, man was created in the image of God, in the Garden of Eden, man fell, Adam and Eve fell, sin was introduced into uh, mankind and into the world. They continued to, uh, to go down this downward spiral until man's heart was filled with evil. Uh, they were at a point, literally at a point of no return. And this actually, I could answer one of the questions that somebody submitted, uh, and that is, how could God kill Everybody, wipe them off the face of the earth through the flood. How could he kill all the Canaanites and uh, that not be considered genocide like a Hitler or a Stalin? Uh, why is it not the same? Here's the simple answer. He's God. Uh, <laughs> the reason that makes a, a difference is because the creator has the ability to give and to take away. When God creates something, he can choose to take it if he wants. He can transport, because the fact is, uh, Christians, we really don't ever die. We just go from here to there. Uh, And if God chooses to take us from here to there, that's his prerogative. He's God. We can't do that. It's called murder when we take a life, because we didn't create the life. God created it. He can take it. Uh, So he made this decision that he was going to start over again. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Now the earth was formless, it was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. I want you to think about this. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now he was just talking about the earth was formless, it was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So before God began to make something beautiful out of this earth, it was covered in water. It was dark, it was formless. So when man continued to sin to a point of no return, which this answers another question. I'm going to get a few of these questions out of the way so I don't have to deal with them on Sunday. Uh, (laughs) The unpardonable sin. 
blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Some people think that if they've taken God's name in vain, then they've blasphemed the Holy Spirit and their sins can never be forgiven. They've committed the unpardonable sin and they're doomed to go to hell. Let me tell you something. If you have a desire to be forgiven by God and to be right with God, there is no way you've committed the unpardonable sin. When you commit the unpardonable sin, you will not want forgiveness. You will not want to repent. Your heart will become so hard, you will have separated yourself and have strayed so far, you will not ask for repentance. Therefore, he cannot forgive because you won't ask for it. It becomes unpardonable, unforgivable. So, some people, they, I just well, I hope God, God can have mercy. I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. No, you're good. You're good. His mercy is good. His grace is good enough. So God takes the, the evil in the world, and he starts over. His heart is grieved. We're going to get to some of these points, these five lessons in just a minute. But he decides to start over. Why would he do that? Well, because men had become so evil, we'll read the scriptures in just a minute. They had become so evil, they were at a point of no return. So for your sake and my sake, for future generations, he started over. He's God, he can do that. We try to figure it all out, and I'm gonna talk about this in just a minute as well. We don't always understand God, but... There's a reason why we don't understand God. He's God and we're not. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, Sometimes I think we feel like we should be able to understand everything about God. I don't have that expectation in my life. That's why I need faith. I'm going to trust him when I don't understand him. Can I get an amen? So Noah gets this command from God. To build the ark, I'm going to flood the earth, Noah. And, uh, and, and remember, if you didn't realize this, it had never rained up to this point. So the fact that God gave Noah these instructions, I want you to build a giant boat because I'm going to rain water down from heaven. This was craziness. This didn't make any sense at all. It had never rained up to that point. So he said, well, water is going to fall from heaven? It's going to flood this earth? So he obeys And then while he's building the ark, he's telling people, look, it's going to flood. Y'all need to get in the boat. People are laughing at him, making fun of him. And you probably would have too. It would look really foolish here in Dallas if somebody started building an ark and started telling us that God's going to flood. We would probably laugh at him too. We might be wrong, (laughs) but it would seem really, really odd. And it seemed odd in this day as well. He pled with people and invited people, but people laughed at him. They mocked him. They thought he was crazy, but he continued to remain faithful. And as you know the story, the only people that got on the boat was his family. Everybody else rejected. Well, the water started falling. The flood came. You know, and the animals came in two by two. Uh, Some did a study of the ark and took the the instructions and the specifications from the Bible and uh, digitally computerized, rebuilt it and determined by the size of the boat and by the size of the ark and the different levels and the compartments, how many animals could they actually fit on there? They determined they could put about 70,000 animals on that ark. This is big. 70,000. 
and that it would be able to hold 70,000 animals and still be able to float. I'm sure there's tons of skeptics and tons of critics about the whole story, but we believe the Bible. And I know sometimes the Bible uses parables of a story that could have happened. Sometimes the Bible tells us historically what actually did happen. I believe this actually did happen. So he saved the animals so they could reproduce. He saved mankind so they could reproduce. God wants us to reproduce and raise up a next generation of world changers, a next generation of, of followers of Christ, a next generation of soul winners. He wants us to raise them up. It rained for 40 days, rained for 40 nights. Then the rain stopped, the boat floated, the ark floated until they were able to find dry ground and then start over again. Put the rainbow in the sky, as a promise that he would never flood the earth again or destroy the earth again by flood. Tons of great facts about the story that we could spend a lot of time on. But here are five lessons that I think speak to us today. Number one is that we can grieve the heart of God with our sin. The same way that the evil acts of those in this day prior to the flood They grieve the heart of God. We can grieve the heart of God as well. Genesis 6, 5 and 6 said, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's how far they had gone. Their thoughts were only on evil all the time. And the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. He was grieved. Make no mistake about it, when we choose to sin, when we choose to go our own way, when we choose to do our own thing, when we start channeling selfishness, it grieves the heart of God today as well. I know we like to think, here's where we go. Oh, but God knows me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my heart. Yes, he does. And his heart is still grieved. He's grieved whenever we choose to continue in the sins that Jesus Christ died for. It breaks his heart. The second lesson we need to remember is that God always provides a way for us to begin again with him. Somebody say amen. He always provides a way for us to begin again with him. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. We're going to slip. We're not going to be perfect. But in the same way he provided salvation for mankind, starting over again because man's heart was only on evil all the time, he said, I'm going to start again because I want the future generations to have a better opportunity. So he started over again. He gave them away. In fact, we know uh, the ark. There was a moment when God said, get everybody in. I'm going to shut the door. When the door is shut, it will not be opened again. That was a picture of what it's going to be like when Jesus Christ returns. When he comes back, it will be too late. That's why we've got to do everything we can. We need missionaries in France. We need missionaries in Texas. We need missionaries everywhere we can go. You're the missionaries in Texas. Tell people, tell them, look, Jesus is the door. Then the door is wide open right now. But there will come a time when that door is shut. When it's over, the fact is Jesus is, is waiting. He is, he's giving us time. He is patient. He's long-suffering because he's giving us an opportunity to tell everybody we can that the door is open. We don't know when that door is going to shut. We don't know when that time will end. 
But we know it. it's much sooner now than it ever has been before. And we look around at all the craziness going on in our world. Come on, it just, just, I mean, come on, it doesn't, it doesn't take a, a theologian to figure out the comparison of what we're going through right now with vaccine mandates to what the mark of the beast will be like. Come on, when I was a kid, that seemed so far-fetched. What? There'll be some indication on each person that they will have to show that to buy and sell? Bro, that's where we are. And it's not about the COVID. Anyway, <clears throat> just so you know, okay. They're going to shut our live stream down. Okay. All right. I will. We're still on since Sunday, so I guess we're okay. But uh, listen, God always provides a way for us to begin again with him. You need to know that. That's because he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, and he's given us as much opportunity as we can to get things right now. Genesis 7, 11 through 13 says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were open and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And on that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons entered the ark then the Lord shut him in. There will be a day when the Lord is going to close the door. But up until now, up until then, he's giving us an opportunity to start again. Here's the next lesson. Number three, we will, always, or we will not always understand God in his ways, but we can trust him. Do you think Noah understood what was going on? No, he just had a word that he was standing on. He had a word from the Lord that he was standing on. Come on, there's tons of times where God's going to speak to you, tell you something to do. It's not going to make sense. You're not, you're not going to have all the answers. God's going, to, God's going to respond to you in ways that doesn't make sense. Or maybe he doesn't respond to you in the way you think he should. I'll talk about some of that on Sunday. When God doesn't seem to answer your prayers when God doesn't seem to heal people. We're going to talk about that, why he heals some, why he doesn't heal others, why he blesses some, why he doesn't bless others. I'm going to talk about those on Sunday. But many of, many of us, we get to this point where things don't turn out the way we hoped or the way we prayed or the way we believed they would, and that's when we give up. We don't understand what God's doing, and so we get mad and we walk away. We don't do that in any other area of life. You know what happens? When I, when I don't understand mathematics, I call a mathematician. When I don't understand economy, I call an economist. When I don't understand plumbing, I call a plumber. When I don't understand electricity, I call an electrician. In other words, when I don't understand something, I don't quit and give up and walk away. I call the expert. But when it comes to God, somehow we think I don't understand him, so I'm mad at him and I'm going to walk away from him. No. When you don't understand, that's when you lean in. You lean in, you call the expert, you lean in, you trust him. You may not understand it, but you're going to trust the one who does know what's going on. And God certainly has proven himself faithful all of our lives. He's proven his, himself faithful even before we lived, and he will still prove himself faithful after we're gone. 
So we won't understand him, but we can trust him. Isaiah 55, 8, I said this earlier. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Just keep trusting. Keep trusting. Keep trusting. As the musicians come back here, number four. We can obey God even if the world thinks we're crazy. Because <laughs> sometimes the things the Lord asks us to do are crazy. I mean, think about it. Whether it's, it's a small little word, like right here at the end of Aaron and Nanette's uh, moment here to, to share what they're doing, and, and he felt a word, so he was obedient. How many times have you been sitting at McDonald's and you felt like you had a word for somebody? Somebody, you just, you were drawn to somebody. Or you're sitting here at church or your family dinner. You just felt like, and we had that thought, but if I say that, they're going to think I'm crazy. Did you know that we can obey God even if people think we're crazy? What if God spoke to you, and I'm, I bet every one of us have some kind of story like this, where God spoke to us to sell something or to give something away that didn't quite make sense. I mean, it was very sacrificial on your part. And people said, you, you sold your what? To give to what? Are you crazy? Well, yeah, oftentimes when we obey God, people think we're crazy. But I got to remind you, whose approval are we looking for? Whose approval are we living for? I mean, do, do we really want to spend our lives trying to look good for everybody else? Or when we stand before God, do we want to be able to stand before God and say, I obeyed you. I did what you told me to do. I gave when you told me to give. I spoke when you told me to speak. I prayed when you told me to pray. I was faithful to you. And people thought I was crazy, God, but I did what you told me to do. He's going to say, well done. Well done. And then there are going to be some who said, oh, God, I knew you wanted me to, but I thought people would think I was crazy. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't obey. I know I should have. And we're going to wish we had another opportunity. Genesis 7, 5 and 7, Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons, wives, they entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. He did all that the Lord commanded him. Listen, I want every single one of us to be able to stand before God and say, I did what God commanded me to do. I did what he told me to do. I did what he told me to do. And listen, you can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about what's happened up until 7.58 today. But you can decide what's going to happen from 7.59 and on. You can decide what's going to happen when you leave this room tonight. You can decide what's going to happen when you go to work or go to school tomorrow. You can decide what's going to happen the rest of this week, the rest of this year, how you close out Q4. You can decide the difference you're going to make. 
And you need to live, we all need to live our lives in a way that we realize we're going to stand before God and we're either going to be able to say like Noah did. While Noah's saying, the Lord, I, I obeyed. They thought I was crazy, but I obeyed, and I'm glad I did. And we're going to want to jump up there and kind of catch some of the blessing and favor that God's throwing on Noah. But if we don't make a change now, some will stand before God in shame. Don't let that be any of us. And here's the last thing. I'm going to stop with this. Number five, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. We believe the Bible's 100% true. We believe that a flood covered the whole earth. We believe that God warned and did his best to try to get every single person on that boat. We also believe that Noah and his family, they were the ones who obeyed. God loved creation enough, he sent animals to them. They got on that ark and he protected them. Because of that obedience, we have what we have here today on this earth. We know this, God is able to do far more than we could ever imagine. In fact, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. Look, if God wants to save humanity by putting them on a boat with a bunch of animals, he can do it. He wants to take this world out and start over again by sending a flood, he can do it. He promised he wouldn't do that again. So that won't be the way he does it. But whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're up against, whatever you're dealing with, this is what I know. All things are possible with God. He can create and he can recreate. He can start and he can start over. He can open up the door and let us in, and he can shut the door and keep us out. All things are possible with God. And the fact is, God loves us enough that he will go to extreme measures to make it possible for us to be with him. He has gone through extreme measures to make it possible for us to be with him. And I want to be able to stand before him one day and say, God, I did what you commanded me to do. I, I, I preached what you told me to preach. It may get me in jail one day, but I'm counting on some of you to bail me out. It may get me in plenty of trouble with other people. We may end up having haters on the, on the sidewalk in front of the church. That's okay. I want to be able to stand before God and say, God, I did what you commanded me to do. You know what else I want? I want to love people. I want to love people so passionately that those righteous people will say, what's our pastor doing around those people? And I can stand before God and say, God, I did what you commanded me to do. I loved you and I love people. I love the, the up and blessed and I love the down and outers I loved everyone in between I loved didn't matter what color their skin was didn't matter whether they had money in their pocket 
didn't matter whether they were married or single or divorced or remarried or remarried four times. Didn't matter whether they had a problem, whether they had an addiction, whether they did, didn't matter. Didn't matter whether they moved here from California or not. What? what? Oh, sorry. I love you guys. <laughs> Some of my favorites right there. I loved the way God commanded me to love. That's why I want to be able to stand before God. And I know that to do that, if we do that right, we're going we're gonna to rub some people the wrong way. But I think when we love right, that's what we do. I want to worship Jesus the way Mary did when she knelt at Jesus' feet. I want to serve the way Martha did. I want to defend the way Peter did. Even though he was wrong, I still like him. I want to take my sword out and cut somebody's ear off too. I want, I want to defend Jesus that way. Even when I have to get rebuked by Jesus. I want to have so much passion that I'm willing to die for this thing we call Christianity. I want to stand before God. I want to be in the shadow of Noah. I hear God honoring him for his faithfulness in the midst of the crazy world he was living in. I want to be in that company. I want to be around those people. I want my mansion close to his. Oh, he wasn't a perfect man. We can read the rest of his life and know that he, he screwed up like all the rest of them. But God used him in a very powerful way. And God will use you as well. All things are possible with God. You got an impossibility. You got a mountain that you're facing. A battle that you're up against that just seems so impossible. Pretty sure that's the way Noah felt. God, you want me to build a what? How big? You're going to send rain? You're going to flood this earth? We're going to live on this? And then animals start showing up? Can you imagine how crazy that was? Yet Noah put all those doubts, all those questions, all of his fears, he put it all aside. He said, you know what? I'm just going to trust. I'm going to trust what I heard God say. Here's what we got to do. We got to just get back to his promises and trust what we heard God say. What does it say? It's what we're going to trust. I, I don't care what our world does. And I don't care what our world says and what is politically correct and what is culturally sensitive or not. I, I only care what God says. And if God says it, I'm going to stand with God every time. If it gets me in trouble, it gets me in trouble. But at the end of the day, I want to stand by Noah and be able to say, I did what God commanded me to do. And I think in doing that, we're going to see some impossibilities become possible. Would you do me a favor and stand to your feet? Close your eyes just for a moment. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about the impossibility 
that you may be facing right now. I want you to think about the, the task that God has asked you to do that seems so crazy. The sacrifice that he's requiring of you and you've been trying to get him to pass it off to somebody else, but he keeps coming back to you. Is it so crazy to think that God would want to use you? I think he knows your potential. I think he knows your heart. I think he knows your willingness. I think he knows your desire. We sang it earlier to open up your heart to God, just to be used by him. possibility God wants to make possible and he wants to do it through you will you let him will you let him will you let him in the next few moments we're going to begin to sing this song and while we're singing this song I'm going to ask you tonight if he's been trying to get you to do something that you haven't wanted to do if he's trying to uh God a while to break me down before I say yes. There's an impossibility that you're facing and you, you're believing God can make it possible. I'm just going to ask you while we're singing this song just to bring it and lay it down here at this altar. Just give it to Him. Turn it over to Him. Trust Him with it. Maybe somebody needs to start again with Him today. Maybe start again. Maybe somebody isn't right with Him. You say, I want to make my heart right with Him. Then come, the door's open arms are wide open. Come to him. Bring it to him right now. This is our opportunity to be able to put ourselves in a position to say, when all is said and done, I'm going to be able to say, I did what God commanded.